Welcome. Happy Monday. This is Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker, and Aaron will be joining us momentarily. It is the 22nd of February. You know, we're in the last week of February already. I know there's only four weeks in February. It's 28 days. It's kind of a short month. But, uh, yeah, we're in the last week of February. We're we're, uh, basically a sixth of the way through the year. Hey, you know, on the radio show, I meant to give a shout out to my nephew, Levi. Hey, Levi, happy birthday. He's 10 years old today. So uh, sorry we didn't get that on the radio, but I'm happy to do it here. Happy birthday. Hope you have a great day. Happy Monday to all. Um, Lakers play the Wizards tonight. Let's hope, hope, hope they bounce back. They have been having a rough time since Anthony Davis dropped out. And uh, as a fan, I, I have some concerns uh, we see flashes of brilliance from people like Kyle Kuzma, uh, and he actually had the high. He he scored the most points for the team in their loss to uh, the New Jersey Nets the other day, but ultimately it ended in a loss. And so um, we had a shot right at the end where we you know we were two points back. We make a three pointer, we win. We make a two pointer, we go to overtime. And uh, unfortunately the the ball the ball went to LeBron he got double teamed he kicked it over to Caruso who I who who said afterwards he didn't expect the ball to come him and really wasn't ready for it and and so he then basically you know stepped and chucked real quick because we had three seconds so I mean he had he had to get rid of the ball quickly and uh he you know bounced it off the rim didn't make didn't make the shot uh but he also stepped over the line so if he had gone in it would have been a two-pointer and we would have ended up in overtime which is frustrating he should have done a step back and then and then take the shot and then maybe he would have had a little bit of clear because he had somebody jumping in front of his face as is the the norm for uh professional basketball players yeah come on lakers pull it together pull it together anthony davis ad will be back soon enough but right now he's resting up and trying to get healthy um he's got a calf strain and we certainly don't want him uh playing on that and then making it worse and being out for uh even longer in the long run we need him Need him back and healthy. So as we were going to break, uh, we were talking about um, infotainment. And I was talking about the Daily Show, particularly when John Stewart was still hosting it and how he used to lament when he was on other shows, how he was treated and questioned as if he was a news person. And he kept trying to point out to people that he wasn't a news person. He was a comedian and that it was a comedy show on a comedy network with a lead in by a sock puppet. It was he was not a news show. <laughs> and um, and I think that endlessly frustrated him. Um, um, and he has said as much that it's been it's been uh, an oddity for him to to go through the world where people thought of him as a, as a news anchor and were comparing him to like Peter Jennings. And he's like, but, but you should be comparing me to, you know, Steve Martin, not Peter Jennings. That's, that's not what I do. Um, you know, I'm not a news person. I just play one on TV kind of thing. Uh, and you know, I wonder if Trevor Noah is getting the same kind of, uh, uh, feedback from people. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, to be honest, I mean, I've watched bits and pieces of the show over the years, but I've never been a regular watcher of the show. And so, um, um, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell you, you know, if it was 
you know, what my sense of the show was. It's not been my source of news for anywhere. But it was always scary, I think, for for uh, John Stewart to hear, you know, statistics saying that, you know, X number of people, their primary source of news is the Daily Show. It's like, oh, my goodness. You mean that's what people are, are basing their, their view of the world on is is me? <laughs> he says, but I'm out making fun of things, you know? I mean... My lead-in story can be a fart joke sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's um, uh, yeah, and it's puzzling. It's puzzling that apparently, you know, that, that a lot of the, the people watching the show didn't make that discernment, and, and that, that's a little frustrating. I mean, it's, it's great that you can be, A, entertained, but also see the, the irony and stupidity in the world. And it certainly gave him a lot of freedom to do things that a normal news show wouldn't do in terms of, you know, uh, funny reactions. I, I wouldn't even say genuine reactions because they weren't necessarily genuine, but um, um, funny and ironical reactions to uh, things going on in the world. But, uh, you know, holy moly, that's your news source. So here's Aaron. Let's have her join us. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Ah, I'm good. It is beautiful 44 degrees on this uh, sunny, clear-skied morning. Yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be uh, fairly comfortable today, which is nice. The fine folks at Dark Sky say that the uh, that it is 60 and clear here in Corona, uh, and that we're going to actually get up into the 80s, the high of 84 in, uh, in the late afternoon. So, wow. Go figure. Ah, sorry, you dropped out a second. A second, please forgive me. Can you say that Oh, no again? worries. Yeah, that again. Um, <laughs> now, what I said was is that, uh, that we're here in Corona, we're going to have a high of 84 in the late afternoon. So it's going to be kind of toasty. On this last week of February. February. Wow, we never say it properly, you know. In England, they say February. You know, here it's February. We put a W in there, some of you. We, Feb. Brewery. We, that, that's how we say it. Feb. Feb. Brewery. You know. Yeah, because yeah. it's all about the beer. Yeah. <laughs> So you and you and Fred Toby Bray. went out uh, and hit some uh, brew pubs on Friday night. Well, we didn't hit them. We probably would have been thrown out if we were hitting them. So we we just but sat down and had beer. But right, um, so yeah, uh, so we went to um, I don't know some brew pub over in Riverside. <laughs> no, we went to um, God, uh, enthusiasm. Yeah, I know, wasn't it? It's uh, I'm I'm trying to get the names so that I get them right because I want to give them um, their due because both places were great. Um, so uh, we went. Yeah, Route Thirty Brewing Company. Uh, they have outdoor seating and they open at three in the afternoons. Um, on uh, at least on Fridays they did, and they were quite good. Um, the Route Thirty Brewing Company. Uh, uh, has a variety of different beers, and I actually really liked the beer that I got there. Um, and uh, they're, uh, you know, affordable. They're not uh, overpriced, and they're only about 700 yards away from Thompson Brewing. So we uh, Route 30 Brewing Company 
uh, does not serve food. They occasionally have uh, food trucks that are parked there as well, so you could get food with them, or you're welcome to bring food and sit on their outdoor seating and have a fresh beer and uh, and uh, and bring your food, but we didn't do that. So so we had a drink there, and then we went over to Thompson Brewing, which, like I said, it's only about 700 yards away, so it's a nice, easy walk there in a little industrial complex. Thompson Brewing had uh, a little bit larger selection of beers. They had a little bit nicer patio put together. They're a little bit um, uh, bigger, more established place, uh, and they have a... Pitmaster and and uh, and uh, smoking setup. So they had pulled pork and brisket, and they have like a brisket. Uh, you can get a bowl of brisket and and mac and cheese, like they slice the brisket and put it on top of the mac and cheese, and then bake it, which uh, is what uh, uh, Tobin had. And I had a pulled pork sandwich, which was excellent. And uh, yeah, it was really really uh, nice. We couldn't have picked a better day for like good weather. You know, as the sun went down in the afternoon, we got there. I don't know. we got the first place about four o'clock. Um, uh, you know, you know how in the evening, sometimes it can get a little chilly. It wasn't, it was really comfortable. Um, uh, I will say that when we got to the Thompson Brewing Company, it was uh, like a few minutes before five and the front door was not open. We thought, well, maybe you have to come in from the back. So we walked around the back where they had a big patio and the door was open. So we walked in and we were told we open at five. And it was like, we looked at our watches and went, that's four minutes. And they went, yep, we open at five. Okay. <laughs> so we turned around and walked back out. But on the patio, they had a ping pong table. So we played ping pong for four minutes and, and both discovered that, yes, we haven't played ping pong in a long time. And both of us are really, really bad at it. Um, and then, ding, four minutes went by. And we said, okay, we're done with this. Let's get beer. And so we uh, went back in and ordered our meal. And we were first in line and had delicious food and uh, and. You know, my selection there, I didn't care for it as much as I had the one at, at Route 30 Brewing, but that's not a a reflection of Thompson Brewing. It's just my, the, the beer I selected wasn't kind of what I thought. And so um, I'll, uh, you know, but I would definitely go back to both of those places and, and, and recommend them. They're delicious. Wow. Sounds wonderful. I just passed a, a car that is all decked out. It's got the whole, like, wrap around the car. They're selling a, it's a delivery car for nothing but cakes. <laughs> Have you ever had one of their bud cakes? Oh, I've had them on multiple occasions. In fact, for um, even though I'm trying to cut down on the amount of sugar that I eat, my uh, I made that decision. Um, what Super Bowl Sunday, and my wife had already ordered from Nothing But Cakes for Valentine's, and so we had a dozen little the buntinis, which are like donut sized. And so um, we worked our way through those. I made sure that I would eat them after like a a good solid meal of like some, you know, proteins and fats so that they would digest the sugar more slowly. (laughs) Because you can't just, you know, sit down and wolf down a bunch of buntinis because my brain would explode. But uh, those are so good. They have a salted caramel one that I had not had before until these buntinis. My previous favorite was white chocolate raspberry, and I still love that. But... uh, the salted caramel is so good. Oh. I, I, th- I seem to think that I had a lemon one that was delicious. Yeah. I, um, to be honest, and, I mean, I, we're picking one. I've never had one there I didn't like. Yes. <laughs> you know? And I've had the red velvet. I've had red velvet, if I remember correctly, and it was good. It's been a while because um, yeah. they're, they're, they're almost too sweet for me. Yeah, they're, they're very, very sweet. They're very rich. And the, the texture of the cake, it's kind of a dense cake almost like a pound cake um, uh, that is just 
it is very yummy, but it's 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 like some very rich desserts and and uh, and candies and stuff that it's better taken in small doses, you know. Yes. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. I was driving next to that car, and if they're looking for, I mean, that car is genius for advertising. You know, on my yeah. way to bring a sweet treat, nothing but cakes. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mm. Yeah, it's like just talking about it, my mouth starts to water. So I can imagine your reaction. <laughs> it's like, hey, yes. hey, hey, where are they exactly. at? Where are you exactly. coming from? Where, Where is that? You know, and I like bun cakes, but I think I like cupcakes a little more. Yeah. You know, so I really like the bun because. Well, the, 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 because of the consistency of the, the, the cake itself, it's a little heavier cake. I actually like the bun cakes, I think, more than a, than a cupcake in general. Um, that doesn't mean that there haven't been cupcakes that are made, you know, but too often the, the cupcakes, I shouldn't say too often, very often the cupcakes are a lighter, fluffier cake, more like, you know, like a sponge and, yes. and the bunt seems to be a denser and I, and I like that denser, more bread-like consistency. So, but yes. Yes. I wouldn't, I, I'm not kicking a cupcake out, uh, off my, you know, off my counter either. So <laughs> unfortunately I like got the sweet tooth there, so. What's your it. favorite? A, a good cream cheese frosting. Any cake yeah. with a good cream cheese frosting. And yep. I'm like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. Well, as you know, my wife is a baker, and she makes some delicious stuff. And she does almost exclusively, not exclusively, but almost exclusively cream cheese frostings because that's what she likes, and she knows that's what I like. And so, um, you know, she'll do cream cheese on just about anything. And, oh, yeah, I'm with you. That, to me, that, that, that little bit of sourness with the sweet is yeah, just exquisite. It is it is the perfect balance. It's like salty sweet things, you know. There are certain yeah. things that just balance each other so well, you know. Um, and I know it's not healthy stuff. It's like let's take something that's already not particularly good for us and make it even worse by making it, you know, make your blood pressure go up too. Salty sweet, yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but how often do you actually eat that stuff? Yeah, well, more often yeah. than I should, uh, unfortunately. So that's why I've had to start kind of monitoring that intake a little bit uh, as as I continued to uh, to bloom and blossom over the years. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when you stand in front of the mirror and you don't fit in the mirror, you know that the problem isn't you need a bigger mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Your beard didn't shrink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. You, you make choices. Mm, you Try make, to be yes. healthy. I I wasn't part so. of the whole bacon craze though. Thinking of food crazes, uh, oh, like right. the bacon on everything, bacon on on cupcakes, bacon in ice cream, bacon in uh -huh. you know I, that that really didn't. I don't like. Yeah. I didn't get into that craze. It was a way of getting the salty onto the sweet that seemed odd and different, right? But when everybody's doing it, that's not really odd and different anymore. Now it's just bacon. No. No, yeah. Well, I've got to say, I'm a big fan of bacon. I, I vote bacon. Uh, I've been a bacon supporter for many years. And, uh, you know, I know bacon. Bacon is a friend of mine. And let me tell you, ham, you are no bacon. Exactly. Uh, oh, I don't but, like that. Yeah, um, not the same. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Bacon doesn't belong everywhere. That said, I remember on uh, my daughter Jensen's 16th birthday, she had been watching one of the shows on on Discovery or, you know, HGTV or something and the cooking channel, food channel, something like that. And they have a show that's like the best ever. And the episode she watched was the best ever thing I've eaten with bacon. 
and there was a place that made a bacon, a maple bacon donut in the Bay Area. And she said, I want to go there. That's what I want for my birthday. So we loaded up and did a road trip in our little minivan with my two daughters, my mother-in-law, my wife and I. And we drove up to the Bay Area and we booked a little boutique hotel that was kind of fancy schmancy and had a great time bopping around the Bay Area doing stuff. And we went and found this place that sold the maple bacon donut. And they were like $4 a donut with a $5 coffee. And we sat down and we took a bite of the donut and all of us went, oh, this is so good. So it was and then it. we sipped their $5 coffees and went, dear God, can't they make a decent cup of coffee here? <laughs> Because that was our reaction. Every single one of us said, this donut is amazing, and this coffee is disgusting. <laughs> and it looked beautiful. You know, it had the little cream dribble on the top and everything. I mean, it just, just looked beautiful in this little fancy cup. And, and it was like, ah, oh. I don't think I finished my coffee, but I had two donuts. Was the donut worth it? Was it? I mean, obviously the road trip was fun and all of that. But was yeah, the donut it was worth an experience. It it was it was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Um, the 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 big positive was the was the donuts. That was a lot of fun. We did a lot. You know, we did the touristy things in the Bay Area. You know, we went to the Hoyt Tower and looked out at the ocean. And I think we went over and did um, uh, Alcatraz and Fisherman's Wharf. And uh, you know, we went to the Ghirardelli Square and walked through Chinatown. And we just we did all the touristy things and had fun. Uh, you know, we went to a couple shopping areas in, in, in San Francisco because my daughter, you know, daughters, teenage daughters shopping. Um, so we did that. The downside was that she had a, um, a, uh, iPod touch at the time. This is pre iPhone for my kids. And, uh, it got lost somewhere on the trip. Some, somehow we got back home and she no longer had her iPad pod touch and we tore that car apart looking for it. And the only thing we can think of is she left it in the hotel on the way back home. So we had stopped to visit oh. a, a cousin of my wife's in south of the Bay Area on the way back. And, uh, and we, she Ouch, we must have left so it in the hotel sad. room. And we called back to the hotel room and tried. And, of course, nobody turned it in because, hey, why would you? So, you know, being an honest and, and, and thoughtful person is, you know, beyond the realm of reality for some. So, yes, much disappointment there. But other than that, it was a great trip. Ah, so trips. I remember what those are like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we would all gather and go somewhere where people would gather together and they, they could actually talk <laughs> without having something between them and their face, you know. Yes. You know, I, I have to say, because we've been, been hearing the news keep saying, well, after you have the vaccine, you still have to socially distance and blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. When, when... The vaccine is, is, you know, pretty much the whole population has had the vaccine. I don't think people will stand for it, the social distancing and the, all of that. I think people are like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on a plane. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to see my family. I'm going to go to grandma's. I'm going to, you know, whatever. I'm done living in fear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired of sounding like Bane from Batman. You know? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, even if we all wear masks, I think people will gather together. I think the restaurant owners yeah. will say, I'm opening. I think the, the amusement parks will say, sue me, I'm opening, you know. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the sad thing is, and there's already some research going out there about it, it's like the, you know, getting the, the vaccine is not a panacea. It's not the solution to all problems. 
Um, there are already some doubt as to whether the South African variant that they've found of the of COVID is going to be whether you're going to be fully protected against it. And they're um, in the rush to get their vaccines approved. There really haven't been any studies done about whether or not somebody who's had the vaccine can still have enough of a viral load that maybe they could infect somebody if they, you know, are getting a more mild case, which likely they can. So it's it's you know, it's it's doesn't mean that we're not going to to uh, uh, still wear masks and, and be cautious, but it also means that we've reduced the the statistical odds of really bad things happening, you know, right. and if you are somebody who is, who has health issues beyond, you know, the norm, then, then you you should be taking standard precautions. You probably should have been before COVID came along. And this is just maybe making that point a little bit more, uh, uh, loudly to people. So, you know, but, but like you said, you we, at some point it's like, I've got to be able to go to Disneyland. Dang it. It was two weeks to flatten the curve, and that was almost a year ago. Yeah. 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 That Remember that sales pitch? Two weeks. We'll flatten the curve. All will be well. Uh-huh. Yeah, define two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. How long is your visit, ma'am? Two weeks. Uh-huh. That was from yeah. um, uh, the... Um, well, actually, they did an homage to it in the in the remake too. But it was from the uh, Schwarzenegger version of the um, um, oh shoot, what was the movie? It's based on a Philip K. Dick novel, but that's a famous line. He was dressed up as a woman with red hair. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger as a woman, um, and, and it's yet it was believable. We all went with that. <laughs> Yes, the 270-pound woman with arms that are as thick around as most people's thighs and muscles bulging out of his eyelids. Yeah, yeah. Mr. He could be Universe. a woman. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I could see the people sitting in the in the pitch story for that. And then we're going to have Arnold dressed up like a woman, and she's going to, uh, uh, and, and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you met Arnold? <laughs> Has anybody actually seen Arnold in this room? I don't think he can be a woman. Not convincingly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure we could do that. <laughs> what was the name of that movie? Um, yeah, what was the Schwarzenegger movie? All right, let's see if I can find it. Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Because uh, I don't remember that at all. Total Recall. Oh, Total Recall. I never saw that movie. And uh, and it was based on a Philip K. Dick movie. And basically, it was a guy who uh, decides instead of going on a vacation, he's going to have the memories of a vacation implanted in his head because that's a cheap way to go on a vacation. And when they go to put the memories in, in, in they find out that he's already got like a memory block and that he's actually a spy. And the twist is... At the end, you're not supposed to know whether he really, whether what you saw is what you saw or whether what you saw was the memories of this exciting vacation that he had implanted in his head, actually just memories, you know, that were implanted, or did it really happen? Was he really a super spy or was he taking a vacation pretending to be a super spy? And so you couldn't tell. And that, that was sort of the twist of the movie originally. 
and uh, yeah, it was um, uh, Total Recall 1990, and the the uh, it was famous because there was a, a woman who flashed her chest in the in this in one of the scenes, and she had three breasts because she was a mutant on Mars. Uh, and the original book wasn't Mars. They, they threw that in when they made the movie, so um, it was loosely based on the book. And then there was a remake that uh, was more close to the original book that uh, was actually probably a little bit better movie, but they were um, Total Recall 2012 uh, was the remake, and Colin Farrell then took the lead in that one. And, you know, they're both interesting and fun for what they are i mean they're they're sci-fi so you you can't take them too seriously but you know good sci-fi makes you also think about well what if we get the ability to implant memories and stuff what is that what's what's that do to people so man seriously messes with their head apparently if you live in the world of philip k dick who kind of had his head messed with anyway so he, he had some issues but you know, he as a result of that, he wrote some amazing fiction. So, now a lot of creative people struggle with mental illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Colin Farrell, Kate Beckinsale, Jessica Biel, Brian Cranston, Bill Nye. Yeah, the the remake had some biggies in it and was really well done. Huh. Huh. So, whereas the original was pretty much a. Uh, a Schwarzenegger movie designed around him. And not that, you know, that, I mean, Sharon Stone was in it. She played his, his wife slash Hunter and Ronnie Cox was in it. But, you know, people don't line up to, to, to go to movies to see Rachel Tukotin or Michael Ironside or Mel Johnson Jr., <laughs> You know, who are other other leads in the in the in the or supporting casts in the in the movie? So it was more of a uh, more of a Schwarzenegger thing. So, but yeah, Total Recall. There's two versions. Watch them both. So, I, I um, get, 1990 version gets three thumbs up, and the 2012 version gets four. By the way, we forgot to, on the radio show, mention happy birthday to our nephew, Levi. He's 10 years old today. Oh, happy birthday, Levi. Yeah. 10 years old. He's in double digits now. Yeah. He's a two-digit man. 10 years old. Wow. Good for him. Good for him. Time flies. Time flies. So, um, art historians in Norway... Uh, they say they've cracked the mystery about who squ- who wrote a Chicken small in- yes who wrote a small inscription on Edvard Munch's painting the screen you know that's the one where the guy's mm-hmm. holding his hands up the sides of his head um, yeah very distorted thing. head with its mouth yes. open very ghostly looking yes so mm-hmm. the penciled words in the upper left corner of the painting. Um, that are super, super tiny, not really visible by the naked eye, um, could only have been painted by a madman. For a long time, the leading theory was that he was a disgruntled vandal, and he jotted the words. But in their new study, curators at Norway's National Museum of Art, um, using infrared technology, uh, they, um, they, uh, to make the inscription easier to see, they went over it letter by letter and found a match 
with Munch's own handwriting. It's identical in every way. So it was from him. It was the artist who did it. Um, Which makes they, more sense than anything. It, it seems like, you know, it, the obvious answer is usually the right one. <laughs> right, know? exactly. They say that, that Munch probably wrote the inscription in 1895 after someone publicly called the artist a madman during a debate over the painting. Um, the madman criticism is believed to have rattled Munch, who wrote in his diary of suffering from a lifelong feeling of anxiety. And by writing the inscription in the clouds, he took possession in a way. He took control of how he was to be perceived and understood. Munch produced four versions of the painting, but only the first from 1893 had the inscription. So, yeah. Yeah. Good for him. No, that's... Um... Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's an interesting um, response to people referring the, to, to him. You know, again, we talk about creative people and that... that uh, that dance with with you know control and lack of control that that they tend to walk on sometimes so can only have been painted by a madman on his painting of somebody in a scream very yes. yeah i mean it, it's it's a very ethereal looking painting and and and, and you know i mean it, it definitely kind of sets a a mood or a tone you know with uh you know, it looks like maybe at sunset with violent orange and, and yellows in the sky and, and blue water swirling around as somebody walks across a bridge and they have their they have their hands on their face, sort of like um, uh, like um, the um, kid in Home Alone. Right. With the scream. Yes. In fact, he kind of he mimicked that when he did the, the oh, with his hands on his cheeks. So, yeah. So, hey, you use Chrome, right, as your browser primarily? I I do, yeah. A recent study found that on a Mac, that Chrome uses 10 times the amount of memory as Safari does when opening pages. And in some cases, it can use up to 24 times as much as, mem as, as much memory. So if you have memory problems because you have lots of tabs open, uh, particularly as you oh. open additional tabs, Chrome is incredibly inefficient at use of memory and allocating memory on Macs. Oh, that so, explains a lot. That explains a yeah, lot. Yeah, so if your machine starts going a little wonky as you continue to open tabs, um, maybe close some tabs or switch to a different browser. The Safari browser has been optimized better for the operation uh, operations on, on the Mac. Uh, in one example, average real RAM usage opening a Twitter page uh, Chrome used 730 megabytes and Safari used 73. Uh, and wow. that was uh, opening uh, just a single tab. When they then did the similar test opening uh, multiple tabs, uh, and they, they opened as, uh, uh, 54 tabs, uh, and with Chrome running uh, uh, an average of 298 megabytes of RAM per tab, uh, or 290 megabytes of RAM compared to 12 megabytes for Safari doing the same task. That was a 24 time uh, times more memory used by Chrome. Wow. So just be aware that you're, you know, if your machine starts acting a little wonky because you've got a bunch of tabs open, that either you need to close some tabs or maybe switch to um, a different machine. Also realize that if you're running on a battery, you're not plugged in, that that is going to increase your uh, battery usage and and shorten the amount of time your your machine will run on the battery. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I use Chrome yeah. because 
because uh, we use G Suite at work, and so mm-hmm. all of my stuff is is Google. And yeah, um, but that makes that makes so much sense. Yeah, and most of that stuff will work in a Safari browser, but there are some things that just work better in a Chrome browser. But you know, most of the G Suite you can run it in a Safari browser if you choose to. Um, that's what I, I use Safari as my primary browser and have for a while. But uh, but I always keep you know I've got Chrome and Firefox on my on my desktop to be able to use uh, for things that don't render the way I think they should or maybe aren't working the way I thought they should. And then something that I do that a lot of people don't is I download the open source Chromium, which is the browser that that on which uh, Google's Chrome is based. But it's open source, so it's not run by Google. So there's no ad trackers or anything in it. It's just just the browser. And I use that sometimes, too. If things aren't working the way I think they should on a page um, in Firefox or in Safari, I maybe will open it in Chromium and see if it'll run there. And Because uh, it has the same rendering engine. Anytime there's a change in Chromium, then that gets filtered up to, um, to uh, Google's Chrome as well. Uh, and and now uh, Microsoft's browser is also based on Chromium Engine. So, um, yeah. Anyway, just something to be aware of for, for folks out there who have said, my machine seems to be working funny or it slows down a lot or the fan kicks on or, you know, it's getting really hot. Uh, you know, if you're using the Chrome browser, that's probably why. And so uh, close down some tabs and or uh, consider using a different browser if you really need more battery life. Huh. Cool. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it explains a lot. It, yeah, it explains a lot, lot, lot. So, um, you know, you, you think you're having a bad day, and this story, and it probably people might have heard it over the weekend, they might not have. Um, this woman in Alaska, she was um, uh, out in the middle, you know, out in the wilderness in Alaska and, and on a camping trip, and there was an, an outhouse that she came upon and she knew it was there and she needed to use the rest, you know, had yeah. to go to the bathroom. I'd, I'd say this is actually maybe a worse, worse day than the woman who came home from the grocery store and found a guy peeking in her house. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she, uh, she sat down and something bit her in the butt when she jumped up to, she looked down. It was a bear. Yeah. A brown bear. bear. Yeah. A brown for people bear. who don't know, brown bear is basically. Be... Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a grizzly. Well, I was going to say. Butt would be gone. For those who don't know, brown bears are basically related to grizzly. They're very large, large bears. They are, are uh, not petite little bear. Not that, you know, any wild animal biting you on the finanny while you're trying to, you know, do your business is a good thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so... She was on. She she was. There was no lasting harm. She was fine. She uh, got up and ran to the to the. Well, this this is what's scary, too. She ran to the protective shelter that they were in. It was a yurt. So essentially yes. she ran from the outhouse to a tent. Yes. But apparently the bear left the yurt alone and, and left the area. Yes. So bears, um, they are they're less active, but they were, they're not apparently in full hibernation, which I, didn't, I, I guess I thought that bears were essentially asleep for the winter, but that's not necessarily the case. They're, mm-hmm. they're still there, but they're not as active. Yes, um, I've heard the word torpid. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so... Uh, she says in retrospect, she wasn't sure if she was bitten or scratched. Um, she said that there's a life lesson. I mean, I'm definitely going to look down the hole next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Look before you sit. Always oh look gosh. before you sit. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. You so just don't comes- think, you know, there's an outhouse. You really don't think that underneath it, there's going to be a sleeping bear that you might disturb and, and who might not be fond of you like, 
presenting your backside to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, luckily nobody was badly injured, but, you know, still. And, and the bite, she probably just got a nip, you know, like, like uh, you know, when your pet kind of gives you a little nip to say, hey, stop that. You know, like you're, you're, they don't want you to do it. It's not like it was a an attack attack, because if it was, she would have obviously been hurt much worse. But, wow, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, Good thing it wasn't a grizzly. Grizzlies' paws are as big as your face. Yeah. They are massive. They are massive, massive, massive. You know, not that the brown bears or black bears are small, but the the grizzlies are massive. They can weigh, they can weigh 1,200 pounds. So. I, th- I, I think brown bears are a type of, uh, or grizzlies are a type of brown bear, because I think brown bears are, are the yeah. heaviest bears that you can get. I, I mean, they're they're not any smaller. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Oh, here it is. The brown bear is a large bear species found in Eurasia, North America. The North in North America, the populations of brown bears are called grizzly bears. They are the same thing. Oh. Yeah, and they can get up to thirteen hundred pounds, and five feet at the shoulder. So if they stand on their back legs, they're like nine feet high, and they live to be about thirty-five years old. And That's you don't want insane, one biting you on the it? butt. Yeah, don't want one biting you on the butt. If in case that didn't go without saying, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I remembered watching one of those nature shows where that was. I, I remember having that like light bulb moment once, but I wasn't certain, so I wanted to read it before I said it. Yeah, grizzly bears different. and brown bears are the same species. Ursus so we arcturus. Have, we have black bears here in California, which can still—I mean, they're yeah. not small, but they're not no. thirteen hundred pounds. Yeah. Yeah, no, but they're still big enough to, you know, kill you if you're not careful. So be very careful when you're around uh, any any bear. Um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not something you want biting you on the butt. Just saying. Just so- saying. This weekend, uh, HBO, is it? I think, yeah, HBO premiered a the first of a four-part docu-series uh, titled um, um, what was it? Allen versus Pharaoh or Allen v. Pharaoh about Woody Allen and uh, allegations from his adoptive daughter of molestation. Oh, I think and, he did it. How about you? Well, you know, I don't know. It uh, It's one of those things that uh, it it I read some articles by the people who did it, and they they very much said they spent you know a couple years going through uh, and doing investigative stuff. But they were very close to Pharaoh and to Dylan Pharaoh and to Mia Pharaoh as they were doing this, and they reached out to uh, Alan and uh, and Sunyi Previn, and uh, and they refused to comment. And after it was released, uh, Alan and Previn put out a. Uh, a statement saying that these documentarians had no interest in the truth. Instead, they spent years surreptitiously surreptitiously collaborating with the pharaohs and their enablers to put together a hatchet job riddled with falsehoods. Woody and Sunyi were approached less than two months ago and given only a matter of days to respond. Of course, they declined to do so. So it's one of those things where they don't pretend to be terribly balanced that they they're presenting one side of the story for the most part and so i have no doubt watching it and quite honestly i'm not sure i really even want to watch it because um you know it, it's just 
if it's true, it's it's horrible and I and it's it's not entertainment. And if it's not true, it's horrible and it's not really entertainment. I just I don't know why it's being presented as entertainment, but um um yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. You I know. am not a fan of Woody Allen. You know, those stories about him mm-hmm. have been out for thirty years. And yeah. so um, you know, I, I, and I think maybe the filmmakers felt like he got his opportunity to give his point of view and nobody has, you know, the, her, their side has not. And so, um, I, I, it's not entertainment. Mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. think that, um, that we, I agree with you. We need to leave well enough alone. I'm, I'm certain I won't watch it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I'm going to watch it. Uh, uh, which, you know, I'm sure is not something that the documentarians, the filmmakers wanted to hear, but I, to me, it's not a topic or something that I would find entertainment and I don't have a whole lot of interest in it. Um, you know, if, uh, one thing that, um, uh, Alan and, uh, and Previn have said is that, you know, we've done, I've denied the allegations for almost 30 years and, and Mia declined to press charges and it was investigated by various agencies over the years and nobody ever pressed charges because there was nothing there. So, um, you know, I can see both sides of it, it, but it's not something again that I think of as entertainment. So I, you know, I don't know why I would want to watch a documentary talking about some, some very ruined lives and ruined relationships. You know, to me, to yeah. me, it's just sad all the way around. Um, yep. you know, whether, yep. you know, do I think he's a nice, warm, fuzzy person? Absolutely not. You know, do I think that he did it? I don't know. I wasn't there and I haven't seen the evidence. So, um, you know, although it is a little skeezy that he ended up having a relationship and marrying the adopted daughter of the woman he had been living with, that in itself is just certainly calls into question his judgment in a lot of things. Um, yep. yeah. And, and, and he points out, well, but you know, she's an adult, but there's fairly good evidence that he started the relationship before she was an adult. And he's, you know, 40 years her elder when he started that relationship when she was 18, you know, um, that that's not okay. And so that in itself makes you question his judgment and, and then puts everything he says into, you know, a a question mark because of that. So that's it. I've enjoyed some of his movies. (laughs) I've enjoyed some of his movies. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a great thought, but let's let, let's wrap up on that one. Oh, okay, so um, Lakers hopefully will win today. Let's make that the last thought. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us, and uh, we hope to uh, talk again and have you listen again soon. Uh, I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.